Past the hills of what valley and the Wind River windmill sits a small little town blanketed in snow named Wyville. All the wise down in Wyville loved Christmas a lot, but up on Mount Grumpy lived someone who did not. At least, that was the way that the Grouch grimly seemed to act, but as the holiday neared, this seemed to be less and less of a fact, for behind every grumble, complaint, and each time that he would mope, a friend and an invitation was a secret, hidden Christmas hope. So as Grimly made his way down from the mountain, and as Wise shopped and hung Christmas lights, Wendy Lee came excited for a Christmas party, ready and excited to pass out party invites. Oh, hey there, Freddy. How's it going? Oh, uh, hey there, Wendy. I'm just hanging up some last-minute lights for the big Christmas Eve light show. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking I'd invite Grimly to my party. I know he usually says no, but maybe he'll surprise us. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he's the Grinchiest ever. I don't think he's ever going to surprise anyone. Grimly, <laughs> <gasps> uh. I'm so glad to see you. I wanted to invite you to my Christmas party tonight. Will you come? Um... Sure. <sighs> 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 I think I broke a hip. Yay, I'm so excited. Okay, okay, okay. Now hold on, Wendy. Don't get too excited, all right, or you'll make me regret this. Listen, I'm giving it one chance, but I don't want to look dumb either. So, well, what do I need to wear? I mean, obviously, I don't get you wise in your sense of fashion. I wouldn't be caught dead in that narrator's tacky sweater. And so, hey, wait, what? No, oh, stuff it, Dr. Goose. Grimly, you just come the way you are. We'd love to have you. Yeah, come the way I am. Now, come on, seriously. I don't want any surprises, and I don't want to regret this. If you were getting ready for a party, what would you do? Okay, okay. I mean, you could get a haircut or something. Really? I mean, uh, okay, fine. Whatever, if I have to. Four hours later. (sighs) I wonder where Grimly is. He was going to the barber. (laughs) I'm surprised he's getting a new look. Um, Wendy, is that you? Listen, uh, just forget it, all right? Uh, Call the whole thing off. Uh, I'm not going to the party. I I don't want to celebrate Christmas at all. Grimly, what do you mean? Where are you? Why not? Listen, I'm not coming out, all right? The the barber's a complete quack. Just forget it. Grimly, come on. How bad could it be? Oh, I instantly regret my decision. (laughs) What? How bad is it? (laughs) It's, It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I'm a one-eyed green Bob Ross. <laughs> this is terrible. I knew I shouldn't have listened. To it. Just forget it. I'm not doing Christmas this year. I'm not going to any party either. Grimly, you may regret your decision, but your hair grows. You'll grow past this. Yeah, grow past it. Hey, Grimly. Hey, uh, I, I was hearing your conversation. Couldn't help but overhearing it. It yeah. kind of sounds like you're uh, regretting your style decisions. Just a hair. Just a hair. Oh, very funny, Stephen, the comedian. Of course I'm regretting my decisions. I, I look like a stock of broccoli, Stephen. <laughs> Come on. Well, hey, 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 let's think about this, all right? Just because you made a bad choice in the past doesn't mean it's got, you got to let it affect your future, right? Oh, really? Well, unless Disco's coming back, I don't have a future. <laughs> Those guys are amazing, aren't they? That's so funny. For all you parents, later today, your kids are going to ask you, so what happened in your service today? And uh, you're going to be like, well, it all started with this grouchy green one-eyed puppet with an afro, and uh, things just got a little crazier from there. 
Um, but you know, that's one of the things I love about New Spring, right? Because you never know what's going to happen on a weekend here. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, it, it always keeps it exciting and surprising. And it's one of the things that makes this church so unique. Um, but, you know, I just want to thank you all again for being here because we're in the middle of this series, Grinches, and it's just a really special Christmas series. And we've been talking about Grinches because we've been looking at how there's certain things that we're calling Grinches that can steal your joy around the Christmas season, right? And uh, in week one, we talked about stress. That's a big one. In week two, we talked about anger. I think all of us have seen a little bit of holiday road rage already at this point. Um, Hopefully not in the parking lot. Um, uh, you know, and I think, you know, and last week my brother talked about uh, worry. And uh, Jonathan gave an amazing message about that. But today I want to talk about perhaps the most ruthless Grinch of all. And just as my dad said earlier, today I'm talking about the past. Because think about it. Think about how many times in your life or the lives of other people that you love, how many times has pain from the past around Christmas interfered with your ability to enjoy the season in the present, Right? And for me, I think the answer to that question is way too many times, right? And, and we've been talking about this, this series, that God wants you to enjoy this Christmas season. I mean, God wants you to enjoy this season and all the wonderful things that go with it. God wants you to enjoy the eggnog, the mistletoe, the music, the laughter, the family, the ugly sweaters, the family that wear ugly sweaters who don't know they're ugly until you tell them. And then they get offended because you realize, wow, that's actually how they dress. And then you feel like a total jerk. I'm still trying to remember where I was going with that. Um, oh yeah, God wants you to enjoy this Christmas season and all those little things that go with it. And, but here's the thing, if you're gonna enjoy this Christmas season, you gotta let God help you with anything that could be a distraction. And I think for a lot of us, the past is exactly that. It can be a distraction. So that's why I wanna talk about it. And the past is a mixed bag, right? Because I'm sure that around Christmas, you've got plenty of memories that are good memories, great memories, like the kinds of memories that make you remember what, what's so amazing about the Christmas season. But I'm guessing that you also have memories that are not exactly so great, memories that you're trying to process through, trying to, trying to think about, you know, I wish I would have done this or that. And, and that's really common too. But here's the thing, if you struggle with the past, around Christmas, I, I, I know for a fact you are definitely not the only one. And I don't know if you know this, but did you know that the Christmas story in the book of Luke actually begins with an elderly couple who are trying to get past their past. They're trying to get past a very difficult set of circumstances. And that couple's name is Zachariah and Elizabeth. In Luke chapter one, if you got your Bibles, I just want you to open up to Luke chapter one. If you got your digital Apple iPhone or Samsung Bibles, then swipe to Luke chapter one. And in that story, we're gonna learn about Zachariah and Elizabeth because I think these two people are some of the most important characters in the Christmas story and they don't get talked about enough. And so I wanna dig into their story. So in Luke one, verse five, you see this. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. I think I said that right. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. Look at this. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very 
old. So if you want to talk about two people who are struggling with the past, that's Zachariah and Elizabeth. Because they've been through a lot, right? I mean, because I'm guessing that, you know, they got married probably when they were, maybe they were teenagers and maybe they were in their 20s and they had this big plan, right? You know, we're going to have a bunch of kids. We're going to have a big family. We're going to have kids, grandkids. It's going to be amazing. You know, and they're thinking about the future and everyone's asking, so when are you going to have kids? And they're like, you know what? We're just, we know how this process works. We're just going to let it play out and end up with a whole bunch of kids that we can put in our minivan or mini chariot, whatever they drove back then. And they had these big plans, right? But their 20s go by, their 30s go by, their 40s go by, their 50s go, go by, the biological clock ticks down, and they realize our dream isn't going to materialize. And so around Christmas, the past is not something they want to think about. They, they don't want to think about what's happened to them. They, and, and, and the thing of it is, if, any, if they ever think about the past, it's like salt in the wound, right? When they think about what's happened to them, it's like salt in the wound. But here's what's so cool. Everything changes in just a moment. Because Zachariah and Elizabeth, yeah, they've been through a lot because they couldn't have children and, and, it's, and, and, and they're struggling with that. But all of a sudden, everything changes because Zachariah, what does he do? He's a priest. And one day he's in the temple and he's burning incense. And all of a sudden, he has an unexpected visitor. Check this out. While Zachariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zachariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. If I'm Zachariah, I'm bouncing off the walls at this point, right? Because all of a sudden an angel just appeared out of nowhere. If I'm Zachariah, I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I wouldn't have left my phone outside. This should be on Instagram right now. I'm talking to an angel and he showed up and said, I'm having a son after all these years. My wife and I couldn't have kids. Now we're about to have kids. I'm so excited. Like, we got to get a registry going. But I'm a guy, so I'm going to pretend like I didn't know that we need a registry to get going. You know, and, 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 he, and he's so excited. That, that's how I would feel if I was Zachariah. But I want you to look at how Zachariah actually responds. Because this is a picture of what the past can do to you if you let it. Look at this. This is how Zechariah actually responded. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I mean, I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. An angel of God just showed up to talk to Zechariah and he tells the angel, I don't believe you. I mean, can't, how much pain do you have to be in to tell an angel of the Lord who came all the way from heaven to talk to you? How much pain from the past do you have to be in to tell an angel, I don't believe you? I mean, I think the answer would be a lot of pain. I mean, I mean and here's the thing. I, I just think this is so huge. Do you want to know why Zachariah wouldn't believe what the angel had to say? It was because pain from the past blinded him from seeing the joy that God wanted to give him in the present. Never let pain from the past keep you from seeing what God wants to do for you now. Never let pain from the past keep you from seeing what God wants to do for you now. That's what was happening to Zechariah because he and Elizabeth had struggled with infertility for so long. And so when this angel shows up, it's like, I just can't believe it. I can't process it. Here's the thing. No matter what you've been through, I am convinced that God wants you to experience blessings this Christmas season that he has prepared for you, whether they are small or big things. And I guarantee you, you don't want Christmas past to interfere with what God wants to do in Christmas present. You don't want that to happen. 
And that's why I'm doing a message today about overcoming the past, because for a lot of us, the past is a Grinch that needs to go away now. It's got to go away now. And so uh, let's, let's revisit that story about Zachariah. So what's going on with our buddy Zachariah? And so what happens next is something that you only see, I believe, twice in the Bible. It's really, it doesn't happen much. An angel gets mad. I just want to see what an angry angel looks like, you know, because Gabriel, you know, he's, he's a serious angel and, and, and Gabriel gets frustrated. And so this is what Gabriel says. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Basically, he's shocked that Zechariah won't believe him. And so you know what Gabriel's doing? He's giving Zechariah his business card saying, by the way, I'm an angel and I'm here to tell you something. Don't you know who you're talking to, Zechariah? Don't you know who you're talking to, Zechariah? I'm the angel Gabriel. I'm the angel who visited the prophet Daniel 500 years ago before your great, 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 great grandma was born. You see this flaming sword I carry around? I can open up a can with this sword. I came all the way from heaven to earth to talk to you. Do you realize how many miles I had to fly nonstop with no connection? I didn't even change wings in Atlanta this time. And you're telling me you don't believe me. Ah, that's the message version, okay? Um, but I just want to see what it looked like. I want to see this on tape. I want to see Gabriel get mad on tape, and I want to play it on repeat and upload it, okay? Because it's just hilarious. But this is what happens. This is what Gabriel actually said. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And then check this out. This is so big. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. He's like, don't you understand? I'm here bringing good news. I'm an angel. It's what I do. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. That's massive. And, and maybe you'd say, well, is God being harsh with Zachariah, not allowing him to talk? No, 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 not at all. This isn't really much of a punishment. This is a learning moment. Because basically, Gabriel is saying, Zachariah, God wants to do something amazing in your life for Christmas, but you're so stuck in the past that you can't receive it the way you should. So God's just going to hit the mute button on you for a few months until you realize that your future is more important than your past. I think a lot of us, are in Zachariah's shoes right now because we need to hear that. We need to hear that. And sure enough, nine months later, Zachariah's elderly wife, Elizabeth, gave birth to his son and they named him John, also referred to as John the Baptist, who became one of the greatest prophets of the Bible. In fact, John the Baptist was the one who cleared the way for the ministry of Jesus Christ. It was John the Baptist who famously pointed to Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. I would say Elizabeth and Zachariah did okay, wouldn't you? I think they did all right. They came out pretty good. But I find it interesting that God wanted to do something big for Zechariah for Christmas, but he had to push the past aside to receive it, to believe it, to enjoy it, and to appreciate it. Oh man, if, if you're struggling with the past, you need to hear that. He needed, Zechariah needed to push aside his past to receive it, to believe it, to enjoy it, and to appreciate what God wanted to do. And right now, I'm not even sure if you could call this a message. This is more of a sit-down conversation. And I want us to have an honest, brutally honest conversation about how we can get past the past this Christmas so we can focus on what God wants to do right now. Here's the thing. I think there's three categories of past pain that we have to deal with. First of all, past pain that was nobody's fault. 
Second of all, past pain that was someone else's fault. And finally, past pain that we were responsible for. And I want us to talk about all three because we need, we need to have an honest discussion about this in church around Christmas. And I, I want to throw out a disclaimer really quick. There's only so much I can say in a 35, okay, maybe 40-minute message um, about this topic. And so maybe if you're facing emotional distress this season, please, please, please don't hesitate to talk to a godly counselor about it. You know, all of us at some point need that. And there's, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. In the words of the great philosophers, Nike, just do it, okay? Don't put it off any longer because all of us need to talk to somebody. And sometimes Christmas around this season, it's a time where we really need to talk to somebody and just, you know, just tell them what we're going through. So please, please, please do that. But let's talk about that first category of past pain really quick. And that's past pain that was nobody's fault. This is a big one. And, and I want to start with this because this is the category that Zachariah and Elizabeth were in, right? They struggled with infertility. And, and that's something that wasn't Zachariah's fault. It wasn't Elizabeth's fault. It wasn't God's fault. They just struggled with it because of the brokenness of this world. It wasn't their fault. And here's what I've discovered. If something's not your fault in your past, if you've got pain in your past and it wasn't your fault, a lot of times, even if deep down you know it wasn't your fault, it's so easy to go back and say, what did I do, right? Isn't that what we ask and say, what did I do to deserve this? You know, if maybe if I would have done this different or that different. And I think we ask that question because in our head, we have a picture of the way the universe should work, Right? Good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. That's what, that's what oftentimes we think. And we try to rationalize it when something bad happens by saying, what did I do? And religion makes this so much worse. What I'm about to say about religion, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I have nothing against the people that are in religion. What my problem is, is with the system of it. And I think a lot of times, if, if religion was a car, the gas it would run on would be your guilt. If religion was a car, the gas it would run on would be your guilt. If you take guilt away from religion, the whole system would crash overnight. And honestly, the world would be much better off for it. And you know what? A lot of times, if you grew up in a religious system, there's a lot of religious systems out there that say, you know what? It's not enough for you to be guilty for the things you've actually done. Why don't we just make you guilty for things that have happened to you by saying, if something bad happens to you, well, you, must, you, you didn't pray enough. You didn't have enough faith or you didn't do this. You didn't do that or you, you angered this God or you angered that God. And so it's your fault. Why don't, and so you've got tons of people in every corner of the world in many different religions. You've got tons of people running around blaming themselves for circumstances that weren't their fault. And do you know why they're doing that? Because religion told them to do it. That's why religion sucks and Jesus rules. Because if you actually open up the Bible... If you actually open up the Bible, the Bible says that even some of the worst of things happen to the best of people. Remember Jesus on the cross, hello. That's what the Bible actually says. And maybe you'd say, Stephen, I just don't know if I believe you about that, you know? But if that's you, I just want to take, you to, I want to take us back to this story about Zachariah and Elizabeth really quick, because this, this is what the Bible said about Zachariah and Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless. If you think that, if bad, that bad things happen to you based on what you do, explain that. 
You can't explain it. The Bible says God is saying, I love Zachariah and Elizabeth. They are wonderful people. They, 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 they're trying so hard. They're following me. They're doing what they should. And yet they were childless. Some things happened to you and you had nothing to do with it. We're broken people in a broken world. There's going to be things that happen to us that aren't, they're not your fault. They're not somebody else's fault. They're not God's fault. They're nobody's fault. They're, they're a product of the brokenness of this world. And that's exactly what happened to Zechariah and Elizabeth. But here's what I love. Even though Zechariah and Elizabeth had gone through things they didn't deserve, God was listening to their prayers. God was watching and he still wanted to do something for them. Oh my goodness, that is important. Even though Zachariah and Elizabeth had been through a lot of things they didn't deserve, God was watching and listening and he wanted to do something for them. Let's talk about that first part here, that God is watching and listening. I wanna take you back to when the angel first talked to Zachariah. Check this out. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Watch this. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. What does he say? Your prayer has been heard. This is huge if you've struggled with things that you had no control over, but they hurt still. This is huge because the angel is saying, what is he saying? He's saying, Zechariah, I know you've been through a lot. I know that you and your wife have been through a lot that you didn't deserve, but you, I want you to know something. All those nights that you dropped to your knees and you said, oh God, why? Oh God, what did I do? Oh God, why did you let this happen? Oh God, can you please someday give me a child? All those times that you dropped to your knees and you cried your eyes out, the Almighty told me to tell you he was listening to every single word. And a lot of us today need to hear that because if you've had pain in your past and things you went through, you didn't deserve, you need to understand that when you cry out to your creator, that you're not just crying out to thin air, you're crying out to the God who loves you, who listens to you. And that's what Gabriel is telling Zachariah. And here's what's so cool. If God is listening to you, think about what that means. That means that you can transfer the emotional weight of what you've been through onto God's shoulders so that you don't have to carry that weight on your shoulders anymore. And at that point, you're free to live your life again. You're free to live your life again. That's why it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, what does it say? Cast all your anxiety on him because what? Because he cares for you. God was listening to Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayer, even though they had been through so much. Here's the second thing. Remember this. If you've, been, if you've got past pain that was nobody's fault, remember this. God still wants to do something for you. What was the main thing that Gabriel was telling Zechariah? He said, you're, you're going to have a son. God still wants to do something incredible in your life. But Zechariah was still so caught up in what had happened, he couldn't believe it. Zechariah couldn't believe that God still had something left to give him. Zechariah couldn't believe that there was still a chapter of his story that was yet to be written that was much better than every other chapter that had been written before. Makes me think about this story. Pastors pass around a bunch of goofy stories between them. And, and I, I'm still trying to figure out if this story is true or not. I, I, maybe I'll know, maybe I'll never know. But the story goes like this. There's a story about a guy who was stranded on a deserted island. He was, uh, he was the only survivor of a shipwreck. And uh, you know, he was stranded on this island and he cried out to God. He said, God, please save me. I, I, I'm out here. I don't, I don't want to be on this island for the rest of my life. 
for the rest of my life. He's not a pirate. I said me life. <laughs> for the rest of me life. Um, uh, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, so the, the guy said, God, I don't want to be on this island for the rest of my life. You know, I, I, can you do something? And every single day for weeks and weeks and weeks, there was no ship on the horizon. He looked out to the horizon. He didn't see a ship. And he got really discouraged. And so he said, well, I guess I'm in it for the long haul. So he did what guys do. He rolled up his sleeves and he was like, I'm going to make me a hut. And so he grabbed some palm branches and he grabbed some wood and he made this hut and he worked day and night on that hut. You know, he got everything together to build this sort of Robinson Crusoe-like shelter that he was putting together. And he got it all together. He put his personal belongings in that hut and it became his shelter. It became his rock. And he had this campfire and he was like, you know what? I'm going to rough it out like a man. And this is what's going to happen. And then the next day, after he finishes all this hard work, he goes hunting for some food. And he comes back, and his hut's on fire. And I guess his campfire was just a little bit too close to his hut, and the whole thing is just burning up in this blaze. And the hut's on fire, all of his personal belongings he put in it are on fire, and, 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 and everything that he worked so hard to put together is just totally gone because it's all going up in flames, and the smoke is everywhere. The smoke just keeps rising higher and higher and higher, and he's so discouraged, he drops to his knees and he cries out, God, I can't believe this. Not only did you strand me on this island, it wasn't enough for you, was it? You had to let my hut get set on fire. I've lost everything. You know what? I'm done. I'm done. And so he collapsed on the beach and he said, I'm just going to die here. And the next day he wakes up to the sound of this horn from a ship. It's like, I know that's not how a horn sounds. I'm trying here. Okay. And he wakes up to this big sound of the horn, uh, this horns from the ship. and, And he realizes, wait a second, there's a ship out there. And not only that, he sees this beautiful ship and it's sending this lifeboat to him. And there's these guys and they, you know, they get them dressed and put them on the boat and they take them back to the ship. And he's just shocked. He's like, I can't believe this. I'm being rescued. This is amazing. And so he gets back to the ship and he's shaking hands with the crew. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And when he gets to the last guy, he has to ask the question he's been meaning to ask this whole time. He said, hey, I've been looking for ships for weeks and I haven't seen a single thing. How did you guys know I was here? And the crew member was like, that's easy, bro. We saw your smoke signal yesterday. I think that that's how things work with God a lot, right? Because oftentimes you can look back on your life and, and, and you're just so mad because the hut's on fire and you don't realize that there's still a ship coming. And, 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 and it's incredible how much God can work through difficulty and in difficulty and still give you a new chapter in your season that you weren't prepared for. And that's what Gabriel is saying to Zechariah. He's saying, look, God still has a new chapter that he wants to write in your life. So why be discouraged about what has happened when you could see what God still has in store? And for anyone here struggling with thoughts of depression or, 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 or worrying about all these things that have happened, I just want that. I want you to think about that. God's, here's the thing. If you struggle with past, pain from the past that, you, that, no, 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 that was no one's fault, remember this. Remember that God is there for you and he still wants to do something for you. Remember that God is there for you and he still wants to do something for you. Well, let's take a look at the second category of pain from the past that we have to deal with. And that is past pain that was someone else's fault. And here's the thing, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to wonder very long about whose fault this is because you know, you know the person, you know what they did, and you know how angry you are at them. And what happens around the holidays? A lot of times we get together with the people we have a history with, right? 
you know, family members, friends, people from the community we've known a long time. And you know what happens? Sometimes around the holidays, you've got, sometimes around Christmas, you've got people in your life where past conflicts, you can start to remember those past conflicts and those past conflicts can interfere with what's going on now. And, and here's what I know. If you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone at Christmas, it can become a distraction. And it's not just a distraction for you and the person that you're mad at, but it's a distraction for everybody else who has to deal with you, okay? It's sort of the way it works, right? Because, I mean, isn't it true if you're at a family get-together and two people have this long history and they're just at each other's neck all the time, you're just kind of like, man, can't you guys just settle it? Because everybody here, we want to have a good time. And that's what happens. Unforgiveness from the past can steal joy from the present. And here's the thing, there, there are notable exceptions to this. I'm not, I'm not talking about physical abuse or sexual abuse or infidelity. These are things that are sort of in a category of their own. So I'm going to set those aside right now. What I'm talking about is somebody offended you. Somebody got up in your grill, right? They said something or they did something and it just really ticked you off and you can't forget about it. You know why I think it's so hard to forgive in 2018? We talked about this a little bit two weeks ago. We live in a culture that's filled with rage. Am I right? I mean, all you have to do is turn on the TV and watch the news channels. And next thing you know, you're going to be watching people yell at each other for the next 30 minutes. And it's ridiculous. I mean, they they call it debate, but really it's not debate. It looks like two five-year-olds arguing over the last crown in the box in kindergarten. That's not debate. You know, and, and, and but here's the thing. I wrote this down because I think this is really important. We live in a culture where it's cool to maximize the faults of others and to minimize your own. It's cool to remember everything people have done and said to offend you and let those people have it on your cell phone, on Twitter. That's the cool thing right now. It's cool to be unforgiving and it's cool to be offended at everything. Hello. You know what? And, and here's the thing. I don't give a rip if it's cool. We all know it's trash, and it's tearing our country apart. It's tearing our families apart. It's tearing our marriages apart. And I think we've had just about enough of it. We've had enough of it. Because here's the thing. I mean, you know, people talk about the state of our country today. You know, honestly, I think we have to reclaim the idea of walking a mile in someone else's shoes, regardless of their opinion or regardless of how offended we are at someone it's like we have a competition going on right now to see who can offend someone else more, you know? It's like, I'm, I'm going to offend you. Okay, all right, let's see how much you can offend me. And it goes back and forth and back and forth. I mean, honestly, at the rate we're going, everyone's getting so much more offended. At the rate we're going, I bet you in 10 years, all you're going to have to do is walk up to someone and be like, hey, how's it going? And they're going to be like, well, what does that mean? Hmm? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But here, here's the thing. I can preach about this and I can get mad about this and, and rant about it and everything, but you know what happens? I've been so immersed in this culture of unforgiveness that so many times in my life, I find myself being unforgiving and harsh to the people I love the most. There's a reason why in Ephesians 4.32, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I've been watching a lot of uh, Christmas commercials and here's the thing about Christmas commercials. If you watch enough of them, they all start to sound the same after a while, right? It doesn't even matter what they're selling. You're like, yeah, I watched this five minutes ago. And at the end of these commercials, 
there's this phrase that you hear over and over again, right? Give the gift of blank this Christmas season. Give the gift of jewelry this Christmas season. Give the gift of chocolate this Christmas season. If the commercials were honest, they would say, give the gift of your life savings to our company this Christmas season. Um, I heard someone say amen, yes. There's, there's a lot of that out there. Um, here's the thing, if you have unforgiveness towards someone, I wanna dare you to do something. I, I wanna dare you to give the gift of forgiveness this Christmas season. It's, it doesn't cost anything, and it's a gift that's probably much more precious than anything you can actually buy someone. Give the gift of, if, if you have pain from the past because somebody did something or said something to offend you, give the gift of forgiveness this Christmas, and you won't regret it, I promise. There's no buyer's regret on forgiveness. There's one last category of pain that we have to deal with, and this one is the most, this one is the hardest of all to deal with, and that is past pain that you were responsible for. I mean, this is a moment for us to sort of really be real because I think sometimes around the, uh, around, around the Christmas and around the holidays, I think what happens is we can, we're around people that we've spent our life with, right? And so we do an assessment on our life at Christmas. We sort of look back and say, you know, I'm glad I did this. I'm not glad I did this. And sometimes we can think, man, I wish I would have been a better parent, you know, in the past. I wish I would have been a better son. I wish I would have been a better daughter. I wish I would have been a better friend. Or maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe it's sin. Maybe you're saying, I lied to someone. I cheated someone. I hurt someone. Or I said some things that I wish every day I could take back, but I can't take it back. And so sometimes we, we can get so caught up in those regrets this Christmas season that for us, Christmas starts to represent regret. But, that, but, but here's what you need to know. Have you ever thought about the fact that Christmas is the celebration of your forgiveness from sin? Have you ever thought about the fact that Christmas is the celebration of your forgiveness from sin? Think about it. When Jesus came into this world to be a baby born in a manger, he came here for one reason. What was that? To pay for your past in full. That's why Jesus came to be born in Bethlehem, to pay for your past in full. In fact, the reason he came was to set you free. If Mary would have never carried the Christ child and Jesus wouldn't have been born in that manger, your past, my past, all of our past, if Jesus wasn't born in that manger, our past would send us straight to hell. But because Jesus was born into this world in Bethlehem and because 33 years later, he laid down his life on a Roman cross, because of that, your past, my past has no power over us. We are forgiven. We are free. God holds nothing against you. If you struggle with regrets, let me ask you this. Why hold something against yourself that God no longer holds against you? And yet we do that so many times. So the last thing that Christmas should represent for us, regret, because really it represents forgiveness. Christmas represents forgiveness and redemption and a new start. Christmas represents second chances. Jesus came into our world to give us a second chance. I was reading a story about a pastor, and I'm gonna close with this because I know I'm running out of time. I was reading a story about a pastor who was visiting this man in his congregation at work. And um, he was talking, you know, he, 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 uh, he was in this guy's office that, you know, he was good friends with. And they were about to go to lunch, but they just, you know, were hanging out in his office for a bit. And so the pastor was just sort of walking around and he was looking at the pictures, you know, because there's pictures of, the, of, the, of, his, of his kids, pictures of the grandkids. And he comes across this picture that looks like it had been taken quite a few years earlier. And it's a picture of this man and his wife, and they were smiling. And the pastor, he said, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice picture. He, said, he was talking to the guy, he said, I, I've never seen this picture before, but that's a really nice picture, you and your wife smiling, that's nice. 
And, he, and all of a sudden, silence. And the pastor turned around and he saw that this guy was crying. He was just weeping. I mean, big guy, just crying. And he said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend or anything. I just was noticing the picture and I thought it was really nice. And this is what the guy said. And I'll, I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is one of my favorite illustrations of all time. But there was a guy, the guy that he was talking to, he said this about the picture. He said, there was a time in our marriage when I was unfaithful to my wife and she found out about it. She was so deeply hurt and injured, she was going to leave me and take the kids with her. I was overwhelmed at the mistake I had made and I shut the affair down. I went to my wife in total brokenness, knowing I didn't deserve her forgiveness, but I asked her to forgive me and she did. And we moved on. The picture that you're looking at was taken shortly after that. When I see this picture, I see a woman who forgave me. I see a woman who was willing to stand with me and have her picture taken with me. So when you see this picture, you say, nice picture. But when I see this picture... I see my life given back to me. That's a true story. If you face regrets this Christmas season and you're trying to get past them, what you need to know is, what you need to know is that Christmas is that picture for you. Because here's the thing, just like that man had been unfaithful to his wife, you and I, we've been unfaithful to God in so many ways, but Christmas is a picture. Christmas is a picture of God sending his son to pay for your sins so that your unfaithfulness to God and my unfaithfulness to God could be paid for and forgiven. When you look at a nativity scene, you are seeing a picture of your own redemption. And so, you know, when the lights turn on and the tree goes up and everyone starts to celebrate Christmas, a lot of people out there are gonna say, that's nice. Those are nice lights. That's a nice tree. That's a nice nativity scene. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it's okay if every time Christmas comes around, you just break out in, in, in tears and you cry tears of gratitude because for us, if you're a follower of Christ, Christmas does not represent regret. Christmas represents the fact that you have been so marvelously forgiven by your creator who sent his son to die for you. That's what Christmas represents because God loves you and it doesn't matter what you've done. There's an offer on the table where he says, I will forgive you of your sin. If you believe in Christ, your sin has been forgiven. Christmas shouldn't represent regret for any of us. Christmas is a picture of the fact that we have been forgiven. And every time we look at it, we should remember that. Every time we celebrate Christmas, we should remember that. If you struggle with pain from the past that you are responsible for, I want you to remember this. Remember that because of Christmas, God has forgiven you. Because Jesus came into this world as that little baby in a manger in that nativity scene that you see, because of that, you are forgiven. So when you celebrate Christmas, don't worry about your past. Jesus paid for that past. He loves you. And maybe you'd say, Stephen, I, this message, man, this is, this is me. I've, I've got things in my past that have happened, things that were nobody's fault. I've got things in my past where other people did me wrong. And I've got stuff in my past that, you know, regrets that I carry with this time of year. But he's saying, look, everything you're saying about Jesus and, and coming into this world, I want that. I want that in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to move past the past. I want to have a new chapter in my story. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes with me really quick? If that's you, if you're saying, look, I want to know Jesus Christ, I, I, maybe you're saying, I haven't accepted Jesus into my life yet. I've heard people talk about it and I've heard this and I've heard that, but I've never done it. Please don't leave this room. If you're watching online, if you're watching in the other service, please do not, do not leave. Do not 
turn away without accepting Jesus into your life because God wants to do something great in your life now. It's not about the past. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what other people have done. It's about right now. Are you gonna accept Jesus into your life because God loves you and he has an extraordinary plan for your life? If that's you, I wanna pray a prayer with you. And these aren't magic words. These are just crying out to God and saying, yes, I want you in my life. I want Jesus in my heart. I wanna be forgiven. If that's you, I'm gonna pray a prayer with you. And you can pray that in your heart or you can pray it out loud, either one. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I know that I've done wrong. I know that I've sinned. But I believe that you sent your son to die for me. I believe that the blood of Jesus paid for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. And change me from the inside out. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, in the row in front of you, there's a little talk to us card and you can take out that card and check the box that says, I accepted Christ. And if you take it back to guest services back there, right this way, they're gonna give you a, a free Bible and there's just a gift we wanna give you. So thank you so much for joining us for this week of Grinches.